0: morning. I was told that the battery in this thing runs down real fast, so we're going to have to really go (laughs) this morning. Preaching the Word of God is an amazing, heavy responsibility. And I have to tell you this morning that the text I'm going to be preaching on this morning is probably one of the toughest ones I've preached on in a long time. Um, I wrote three sermons this past week on this passage. I thought maybe I could just use the ones that I preached a long time ago, but most of them I preached here already. But in the end, I'm not really happy about the sermon that I finished with. So I don't know what God's going to do here this morning, but you know, I think the Holy Spirit will probably change things a little bit, and it may be a little uncomfortable for me, maybe a little uncomfortable for you. But let's just hang in there together and see what what God has to say to us. The passage that I've chosen for this morning is the passage from Matthew chapter 17, and I'm not sure exactly what the page number is in in the book, but some may know. 1026. 1026. If you want to keep your Bibles open, uh, I encourage you to do that. Uh, let's pray to God. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's truth for us. We don't have to wonder if it's true or not. But it's a great and awesome story about what you have done, and we ask, God, that even in this hour, you will bless your word again, use it for what it's intended for in our lives, that each of us may know that you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the master and lover of our lives. We pray this, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Master. Amen. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the son of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light, And just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him, I'm well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen, until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The truth of God's word for us today. Well, it's been said throughout time that lightning hardly ever strikes in the same place twice. That's not true. Because lightning may strike here in 1992 and it may strike here in this very same place in the year 2350. We don't know. But if you try to convince anybody that lightning never strikes in the same place twice, I've got a gentleman I'd like to have you talk to. His name is Roy Sullivan. Roy Sullivan was the park ranger in Shenandoah National Park in Virginia, Between 1942 and 1977, he was struck by lightning seven different times and survived. Now something tells me that Ranger Roy had failed to pay attention to the weather conditions around him to be hit by lightning that many times. Or maybe he just got a rush from it. I don't know. But we don't always pay attention either, do we? In many areas of our lives, we're kind of off in la-la land sometimes. And we end up suffering for our inattention in one way or another. Like when we don't pay attention to the icy conditions of the road. And the person in front of us stops, and we cram on the brakes and slide into the back end of their vehicle. Right, Dave? happens and then the police come and and they give you a ticket for not driving within the conditions of the road oh my the fines and the resulting increase in our insurance and all we needed to do was to pay attention in the story today there's also a warning to pay attention The story begins with the indication that some time has passed. Matthew and Mark indicate that it was after six days. Luke says it was about eight days. So the question is, six days or eight days after what? Significantly, if you look back a few verses in your Bibles, in whatever passage you're looking at, This six days after, or eight days after, comes significantly after the confession of Peter. His confession that Jesus is the Christ. They had been together, Jesus and his disciples had been together for a while, and Jesus is asking them about what other people are saying about him. It's kind of, you get the feeling that it's like, do you think he likes me? What are are they saying? And one of the disciples say, some people say that you're Moses. Other people are saying that you're a prophet. And then Jesus says the most significant question, and that's even a question for us today, but who do you say that I am? And Peter always quick responds, you are the Christ of God or the Son of God. And then Jesus tells his disciples why the Christ has come. And he tells them about his impending death and doom. But Peter, now that he has some special authority, says to Jesus, Jesus, that shall never be for you. Pay attention, Peter. Jesus says you don't have in mind the things of God but you only have in mind the things of man and then Jesus concludes that whole story by saying that there are some standing here who will see will not see death until they see the coming of the kingdom of God in all of its glory so it's six days or eight days, whatever you want to think about as far as the time frame is concerned, that Jesus takes Peter and James and John up the mountain for what Luke describes as a time of prayer. But the problem here in Luke's story is, and none of the other accounts say this, the problem is that the disciples fall asleep. It's a problem that will plague them right up until the moment when Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane and he's praying and they're cutting Z's. According to Luke's gospel, the disciples were roused from their sleepiness. When the disciples were fully awake, they became aware of the miracle that was taking place right in front of them. As Matthew and Mark say, they Jesus was transfigured before them. What a glorious sight that must have been. Imagine that all of a sudden, Jesus' face, a face that you have looked at and that you have known for, for so many years, that all of a sudden, His face and clothes begin to glow. Now, I've seen people that I haven't seen in a long time. When I meet them, their face begins to glow. At least it turns red. <laughs> Maybe it's because of embarrassment that they know me. I don't know. Anyway, when, when Jesus is transfigured before them, his, his clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them, we're told. In another account that his face changed and his clothing became as white as a flash of lightning. And then in the other, his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as the light. Eugene Peterson says in the message, this text, his appearance changed from the inside out right before their very eyes. Sunlight poured out from his face and his clothes were filled with light. And it would appear that almost immediately the disciples recognize that in the aura of this blazing glory of Jesus, all of a sudden there's two other people there. Kind of like Daniel's friends in the the burning furnace. All of a sudden there's four of them. (laughs) And I don't know if they were wearing name tags or what the deal is. But they recognized that these two people who were talking with Jesus were Moses and Elijah. The gospel writers identify these two fellows who were no strangers to meeting God on the mountain. Moses was the one who had met God on the mountain in the cloud for for 40 days and when he came down his face shone with the glory of God so bright that the people couldn't stand to look at him so he he put a veil over his face. And Elijah, he was the one who met God on the mountain that time when he was running away from Jezebel. And God said, Elijah, what are you doing here? God showed Elijah that he was the God who still loved him and cared for him and had preserved for him many people in the the nation of Israel. So what were these people doing all aglow in this heavenly light? Luke tells us that Moses and Elijah were talking with Jesus and they were talking with Jesus about his, his coming departure, which he was going to be bringing to fulfillment. So by filling in the blanks, as we cautiously do, they were talking about what the law and the prophets had so long represented and foretold. Suffering, dying, crucifixion, resurrection, Ascension. And yes, pay attention. The kingdom coming. And here, in the midst of all this glory and transfiguration, it was easy for the disciples to be awed and overwhelmed. We would say, starstruck, in our day. And Peter was so awed and overwhelmed that what he saw, he took it upon himself as that new super confessor of Jesus, as the, the Christ of God, and he sidles up to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, it's great to be here. Have you seen this? It's great for us to be here. Tell you what, I'll build a hut for you, and a hut for Moses, and a hut for Elijah, and we can stay on the mountain forever. Oh man! Peter, 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 Peter. You don't have to wonder what's going, what is going, you have to wonder what it's going to take for Peter to really finally ever get the picture. Maybe it's lightning. Maybe he needs to get struck by lightning again. The lightning comes there on the mountain, too. It's not a, a strike of lightning, a bolt of light from the sky, but it's a voice. A voice that comes out of that cloud as it, as it was at Jesus' baptism when the, the heavens were torn open and the dove descended and rested upon him and that voice came from the cloud. This is my son whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. So on this mountain of transfiguration, Peter's still babbling about bushes and trees and making them into huts. And the voice says, pay attention, Peter! This is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. Lightning strike number two in the life of Jesus. But this voice, this striking of the lightning is different than any other. Because in that cloud, that same cloud that had settled over the top of the mountain where Moses met met God to receive those Ten Commandments of stone, that same cloud that was glorious during the, day, or during the night and leading in the daytime when the children of Israel are moving through the wilderness, that same cloud overcomes the disciples, holding in the glory of God. And the voice is gentle, almost small voice like the one Elijah heard. This is my son. I love him. Listen to him. Pay attention. It's no wonder, is it, that when those disciples heard that voice in the cloud, that they fell down in terror. They were so afraid This is a glory that no man can really look at and survive. This is the glory that that puts man in in, in a different position. This was the cloud of presence. And that voice that came was that that voice that had spoken at the very beginning of time when all chaos heard that voice and said, Let there be light. Now that voice says, pay attention. Look. Pay attention. Listen. Pay attention. Understand. So there's Peter, newly appointed leader of the church. Lying in the dust, afraid and fearful, trembling. Peter, perhaps volunteering or perhaps repenting of ever volunteering to be a construction worker. And what? What happens? Jesus comes and touches him. And says, get up. Don't be afraid. And they opened their eyes and looked around and they saw no one but Jesus. Linger there for a moment, dear friends. Brothers and sisters, just linger right there. And they looked up and they saw no one but Jesus it's good to be on the mountaintop with Jesus amen some people have said that when you're on the mountain with Jesus or even just on top of the mountains things change in your life. You get a really good perspective of everything around you when you're looking down off the top of a mountain. When you're on the top of a mountain, you kind of get things back in perspective as to how small you are as compared to everything else. But some have said that you even get a better perspective upon who God is up there on the mountain. Some people even write books about that. You get to thinking about things like what God wants from us living here on earth. You get to thinking about things like seeing only Jesus as we seek the purpose of our lives. Like being quiet long enough. To pay attention to what God's saying. Guilty. This is what Peter needed to do. He needed to pay attention to what Jesus was saying. Jesus said he was going to suffer. Isaiah said a servant of God would be a suffering servant. He said that Jesus Jesus said that he was going to be betrayed. Jesus said that he was going to be denied by others. Jesus said that he was going to be abandoned by everyone, including the one who was well-pleased with him. Peter needed to pay attention to what Jesus was saying. Peter also needed to pay attention to what Jesus was doing like obeying the will of the Father, like struggling with the terror of death, like holding on to the Father even in his darkest of hours, like being a faithful servant who was willing to become a sacrifice for sin. Peter needed to pay attention to that. The transfiguration of Jesus became a life-changing event for the Apostle Peter. He later writes about this in Second Peter. There's a passage, a whole passage there, but I'll just read a couple of verses of what he, what he wrote about. He said, we did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses. To his majesty. And we have the word of the prophets made more certain. And you will do well to, oh, surprise, surprise, pay attention to it. As to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Today, Transfiguration Sunday, and the church has been celebrating this for centuries. But how about you? Are you struggling today? Are you afraid of many things? Are you you trembling at the prospects of disease in your life and the doom of impending treatment? Listen, there's one. There is one who is present to touch you. There is one who is present to tell you, don't be afraid. And as a church, you are in a, a transition point in your lives, and, and it's only human to get a little distracted by so many different things and so many different uh, issues in life and in, in society maybe it's the uncertainties of who's going to be the new leader the new pastor maybe it's the issues of the day maybe it's politics that's got you all distracted listen there is one who on this transfiguration Sunday is present to be with you look to him Keep your eyes on him and him alone. Keeping the main thing, the main thing in everything that this church does and is. And love one another. This is God's will for us as this is the way the world knows that we truly are the disciples of Jesus Christ if we love each other. So I encourage you today to think and to pray about many of these things and to make sure that you pay attention. God has made you a living memorial of Christ. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. Moses. hmm? We are being transformed. By the way, that word transformed in the Greek Greek is the same word that's used for transfiguration. We are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So, pay attention. Pay attention to what God says. You are my son, and you are my daughter. In Jesus, I'm well pleased with you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for blessing us with your presence. No matter how tough life gets, no matter how dark the days seem, we thank you for reminding us that you're there to touch us, to lift us with your voice of assurance and promise, to meet head-on the tasks that sometimes seem so overwhelming. God, we thank you that we can trust you and that forward we can walk with you. So God, for Creston Church, who now in the immediate future will be receiving an interim pastor and will be seeking to find your will for their church, help them, God, to keep the main thing the main thing your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing together number 327 from the Red Book when we walk with the Lord.